with you guys and welcome to all of you in the venue and the chapel at the Cactus Campus and all of you up north. I miss you guys. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. My daughter just moved out of the house. Uh, she's 18. She's off to college and she came over for dinner the other day and she had dinner and it was time for the night to wrap up and she looked at us and said, okay, I'm going to go home now. And it was like a knife to the heart. Like our house is no longer her home. She was going to her home and a transition happened so fast. It's great to be back here at Shea, but I gotta be honest with you, uh, Northridge is home. Uh, there are some great, great folks up there. And if you haven't been up to check out the campus and seen what's going on, it is, it is awesome. Uh, but if you haven't met the people up at Northridge, man, there are some great folks. You guys are awesome too. That's home, hey, that's home for me and I love it up there. And so it's fun to be back though with all of you guys. My name is Kevin Yule. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. If you haven't met me, come say hi. I'd love to shake your hand uh, and let you know that we've got a lot of stuff going on here at SBC. I'm going to pick up uh, where, where Jamie left off last week. If you remember last week, he said, look, it's the whole idea of getting out there, that we would get out there and we would share the gospel. Remember last week, evangelize, get out of the harbor, get out into the open water, share your faith with someone. We're going to kind of look at the other side of that coin, this idea of getting out there and utilizing our gifts inside the family of God. So I'm going to tell you a story, kind of set this up, uh, about my now 18-year-old daughter. When she was just a little one, she was about nine months old, uh, Brooke and I were in a condo right over here off of 90th and Via Linda, tiny little place, uh, and we were grinding it out to, to make it every month. I mean, every, I was a bellman at Orange Tree, so it was all dependent upon tips and how many Canadians showed up that week was basically what we were going to eat. It was all we could do to get by and paying for diapers and, and everything else. And I remember, you know, dinner choices at night were, okay, do you want the chicken or beef top ramen? Which one do you want to have, right? That was, our, that was our option. We had nothing. And it came about April 13th or 14th, and I said, oh, you know what I need to do right now? I need to do our taxes. Like a good procrastinator, you wait to the very end. So I load up my TurboTax and I start putting in all of our meager financial numbers. And it comes to the end and at this time you had to hit the uh, submit button and then it would and it would spit out at the bottom what you owed. So here it comes and I look and I go, that can't be right. So I shut the whole thing down, fire it up, input everything again. I bring Brooke over. I go, hey, could you just make sure, double check, make sure this looks all right? I, I, she doesn't have any idea. It looks great to me. Hit enter. <laughs> Same number gets spit out. I call her over and I go, man, look at this. Look at this weird word in front of that number. It says refund. What is that? Apparently, there's this thing called a child tax credit. We had now had our first child. All of a sudden, we had qualified for this and we were going to get a refund. We were gonna get money back from the government. We celebrated like you wouldn't believe. We got some, we went to the store, we bought some actual chicken, cut it up, put it on our ramen. It was awesome. It was a glorious night. It was about that same time that I had a young man who was serving in my ministry. He was a, a great young man. In fact, the first kid in his family to graduate high school uh, came from a little bit of a rough background. And uh, he was in my office almost within the week of this, this refund check coming our way. I remember him just saying to me, man, I would love to go to college. 
I would love to go to college. I would love to be the first one in my family to go to college and open up all kinds of doors for my family and for my future family that I hope to have one day. Man, college would be great. I just don't have any money. I can't afford it. I've been trying to save and trying to save, and I just can't get ahead. I can't afford to go to school. So I went home that night. I sat down with Brooke. I said, hey, we got this, this kid. He's an awesome young man. She knew him real well. I said, what do you think about us investing in his future? And what would you think if we paid for at least his first semester of school? Brooke said, man, I think it's a great way to use that refund check. It's a great idea. Let's do it. So I call him into my office the next day, say, here, here's the deal. Brooke and I would love to give you this gift. We'd love to pay for you to go to school. Now, we can't afford ASU. We would never, ever send money to that school down south. We know that much. Uh, But we can't afford community college. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go sign up. You go sign up. You get registered. You bring me the bill. We'll pay it for you, and we'll get you enrolled in school. So off he goes. He went that day. Signs up. Registers. Come back. Hey, here's what it is. Perfect. Cut the check. Send it back. He is signed up for school, and away he goes. I remember about a week into school, I call him up. I say, hey, why don't you come by my office? I'd love to hear how things are going. Great. I'll be there about, about 1.30 on Tuesday. Perfect. So I'm sitting in my office. It's about 1.45. He's kind of in the millennial age, so he's typically late. And uh, I pull out my peanut butter and jelly sandwich that I was going to have for lunch that day. I begin to open my little plastic bag and start to pick away at this peanut butter and jelly sandwich. In he comes. I hear him down the hall. I hear him. Great, he's here. He comes walking in with a Trenta caramel frappa latte macchiato, just cookies and cream dripping down the side all over the place, and a bag from Chick-fil-A with the Bacon Ranch Chipotle Club sandwich and an extra large french fry. And I'm sitting there, and for a brief moment I thought, oh, isn't that sweet? He came to say thanks. And he, went and he just said, give me the most expensive drink you got at Starbucks and give me the most expensive meal you got at Chick-fil-A because I got to give a gift back to this guy that paid for my school. This little punk <laughs> sat there across from my desk watching me eat this nasty peanut butter and jelly sandwich and he sucked down that entire Trenta drink and he peeled that bacon back and put his honey mustard on that sandwich and just devoured it right in front of me. And the whole time I'm sitting here looking at him, he's enjoying luxuries that Brooke and I can't even dream about. Like, like 99 cent nuggets from Wendy's were a luxury for us, let alone Chick-fil-A sandwiches. And he's sitting there eating it in front of us and all the while I'm thinking, okay, you sat in my office. You told me you couldn't afford to go to school. Brooke and I sacrifice to send you to school. And you come in here and you tell me you can't afford to go to school. You're not being a very good steward of this gift that I gave you. Because you see, this gift cost us a lot. And you're flaunting your wealth in front of us, in my opinion. I'm having this conversation in my head, by the way, not to him, because that would have been real awkward. And so he finishes telling me about school and he gets up and he walks out. And I just remember thinking, man, what a disappointment, at least for me. You see, the gift we gave, it was a gift. It was given, but it came with some expectations, did it not? Hey, steward, steward your money well. Because we're sacrificing a lot in order for you to be able to have these luxuries. And so don't just, don't just spend it all on food and drink. It was very disappointing. It was very frustrating to me. Here's why I share that story. We're going we're to look at a passage today in 1 Peter. And Peter's going to use this same word, steward. He's going to say, be good stewards of God's varied grace. And here's what I need us to understand. Everyone in this room as a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've come to a point in your life where you've said, I need Jesus Christ, I realize I'm a sinner, I'm broken, I'm not perfect, I need Jesus Christ, and I'm going to place my faith in Christ this moment, 
to forgive me of all my sins. In that moment, God gives you a gift. And he gives you a gift that you would steward well, that you'd be a good steward of it. And so we're gonna wrestle with that a little bit. We're gonna ask some tough questions. Are we stewarding our gift well? Now, all of this comes with, with two prefaces, okay? The first preface is this. I've been praying all week that not a soul in this room or any of the other campuses or venues that we're at would feel guilty at all. If you leave here feeling guilty or shame, that is the work of the enemy, and I've been praying against that forever. I do not want that for you. This is not guilt trip time. But I will tell you this. I have been praying that God would convict. God would convict. Conviction leads to an attitude where we respond to the truth. Guilt causes us to shrink back in shame most often. But I have been praying that you be convicted if you need to be. That the spirit would move in your heart. Now, here's the second thing you need to know, because I know how some of you operate. At least this is how I would be doing. Uh, There's no sales pitch at the end of today's message where you have to sign a card to serve. Okay, this is not serving day. That was last, last week was service fair. A lot of you guys signed up to serve. That was awesome. Uh, This isn't a timeshare sale where we brought you in here. Now we're going to, all right, no one leaves until you all sign up to use your gift to serve. That's not what today is. Today is an opportunity for us to sit and to wrestle and to look and to marvel at the beauty of the fact that the creator and sustainer of the universe has gifted us to be a blessing to those around us. And what you choose to do with that is between you and him. But I do think he's going to hold us accountable to it. So let me pray and then we'll dive into our time in the word this morning. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for this incredible gift in your word. God, I thank you for this book. Thank you for the wisdom that it holds. Thank you for the truth that it is, the foundation with which we can stand on. And God, it would be my prayer that you would challenge us. God, if we need to be convicted, you would convict us, that you would draw us closer to you. God, I pray you would reveal incredible truth to us. God, not only through your word, but through revelation as we discover how you've gifted us uniquely. God, that we would rise to the challenge to steward our gifting well and that we would be a blessing to those around us. So God, we ask you to do what only you can do so that only you get the glory. We love you, we thank you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're gonna be in 1 Peter chapter four. We're just gonna look at two verses today. I encourage you to go back, read all of 1 Peter. It's a great book. But we're just gonna look at two verses in chapter four, verses 10 and 11. So if you have your Bibles, 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. If not, they're gonna throw it up on the screen because they are awesome. And they do that for us every week. But here's what it says. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him being Jesus belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's go back and pick this apart because there's a lot of great stuff in here. Look at what it first says at first. It says, as each, as each. Who's the each here? The each is this, is any person that's ever placed their faith in Jesus Christ, you become an each. You become a part of the family of God. And as each has received a gift, that means the moment you place your faith in Christ, he gifts you something. You've been given a gift by God Almighty. Your father, you, you not only gain eternity, you not only gain the grace and forgiveness of God here on this earth, but he looks and he goes, I'm gonna give you a gift. Here it is. And he gifts you something. Now, I gotta make a very clear distinction between a gift and a talent. Gift and talent are different. 
It's all God-given, right? God's in charge and sovereign over all things. But here's my delineation, okay? A talent is anything that you can do and you can work at and practice and get better at to where you can take credit for it. If you can take credit for it, you can go, man, I worked really hard at this. Look at, look at what I accomplished and you can get glory for it. That's probably a talent. To me, a gift, as you're gonna hear, as Peter's gonna spell out in just a second, a gift are those things that you do. And when you're done doing them and it was an awesome experience, you get back and you go, man, I don't know where that came from. That was totally of God. That might be your gift. That's more of a gifting. You tell me you can take credit. Some of you go, man, I've got the spiritual gift of singing. No, you're a talented singer. You might use your talent. You might have the gift of serving, and so you use your talent to serve the church. Well, I don't know necessarily that's a gift. So you've got to be careful to figure out what's the difference between a gift and a talent. Talent you can take credit for. You can get glory. Gift, you've got to just stop falling on your knees and go, I don't know where that came from, but praise God because God used me and it was awesome. That's what we've been given. You've been given a gift that the creator and sustainer of the universe placed into you. Why? As each has received a gift. What's the next word? Use it. Use it. Where are my husbands at? Husbands, you ever bought your wife a gift? Maybe I'm the only one. You bought your wife a gift. You give it to her. She pulls it out. Oh, this is great. I love it. And like nine months later, you find it tucked away back in the closet with the tag still on it, unused. And you sit there and you go, what? I bought this for you to use it. I gave this to you. I thought you would enjoy it. You just shoved it in the closet waiting for goodwill to come and pick it up, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's not any good. We give gifts because we want them to be used. Same thing with God. God gave you a gift that you would use it. There's an implication here. As each has received a gift, use it. Use your gift. What are you supposed to use your gift for? For yourself? No, use your gift to serve one another. To serve one another. I'll give you two examples of men in my life. I got a good friend, his name's CJ. He's a pastor at a church in San Francisco. He started the church over there. Uh, he's right in the middle of the city. If you're ever in San Francisco or you're ever just void of prayers, pray for Citizens Church in San Francisco. Uh, tough place to be a gospel representative is in San Francisco right now. But he's over there. He's grinding out. He's doing it. For years, God placed this man in my life. And, and when at the time, I was, I was 20. I was married. I had a kid. He was 18, no maturity, super irresponsible, loved music and skateboarding, things that I hated, okay? But God placed him in my life. We had nothing in common except Jesus Christ. We would argue, we would fight, we would disagree over a thousand things, mainly because, again, he was irresponsible and I was trying to provide for my family and it just annoyed me to all end. But God used this man to speak truth into my life like no one I've ever had in my life ever. CJ's got the spiritual gift of exhortation, the ability to speak truth in love to an individual. And so he would sit me down and he would say things to me and I would go, man, I am the father I am today. I'm the husband I am today. And a large part, I'm the pastor I am today because of things this man said to me. And I would call him up sometimes days, weeks later and go, okay, you remember when you said this? Do you remember when you told me this? And he'd go, I don't remember saying that at all. No, you said it. It changed my life. Like, it put me on a trajectory that I'm forever altered because of what you said. You don't remember saying that? Man, I really don't. 
well, you got to remember this. And I would go and begin to share him things and things that he said. He would speak truth into my life, but the reality was he would sit there and go, man, that was totally of God. I don't know where that came from. God used me to impact you. God used his gift to be a blessing to me. I'll give you another example. We got a guy up at Northridge. I think, I don't know him super well, but I think he's got the gift of hospitality. He's got the gift of hospitality. He uses it to be a blessing to others. He calls us up the other day. Hey, I got an idea. Great, what do you got? I want to feed everybody after a Saturday night service. I just want to feed everybody. All right, bold venture. What do you want to do? Well, here's my idea. I'm from the South. I want to boil up 200 pounds of crawfish, dump them out on the table, and then everyone comes out. We're going to have a big crawfish boil right there with everybody. I'm like, man, that sounds like an idea for sure. All right, let's give that a try. And so the next thing I know, he's out there boiling six giant pots and he's got a bunch of crawfish all boiled up in there and gumbo and everything else and service lets out and you should have seen these North Scottsdale folks walk up to a crawfish. <laughs> got their pinkies out going, all right, what do I, what do, I do with this? I don't, I don't know, what, what do, I, do I, can I touch it? Is somebody gonna carve this up for me? I don't know what to do. But they got into it, they loved it. And you know what was awesome? There's just rows and rows of tables and people sitting around and there was some crawfish left over, but you know what, they had fun. And they got to know each other and they sat across and they shared a meal with each other. And you know what, God used this man's gift of hospitality to be a blessing to the whole church. He's got like six other ideas of ways in which he wants to do this already. And so we're just working on it to cool off, to stage these up. But man, he's got the gift of hospitality and he's using it to be a blessing to others. So here's my question, and do not take this as a guilt question. This is not meant to be guilt-filled or make you feel ashamed in any way. This is meant to be revelatory, to help you figure out how has God gifted you. So here's the question. What are you doing, what are you doing to be a blessing to others? What are you doing to be a blessing to others? That might just be your spiritual gift. So we're going to practice a little exercise here, okay? It's going to get weird. Cactus, I apologize. Northridge, you can do this. I know you can, but venue, chapel, it's going to get a little strange. Here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to look around the room. Look at each other, okay? It's going to get awkward. People are going to be looking at you. You're going to be looking at them. You don't know them. I get it. Uh, just look around the room for a second. Look at their faces. You see the other people sitting around you? I know it's uncomfortable. Some of you won't even do it. That's all right. We'll, we'll talk about obedience another week, right? Okay, just look around the room. You see these people? God has gifted you. God gave you something to be a blessing to them, to be a blessing to those people you just looked at. And guess what? They've got something that you need as well, some way in which they can bless and enrich your life. God has gifted us, empowered us to use our gifts to serve one another, to be a blessing to each other. So again, the question is this, what are you doing to be a blessing to others? That just might be your spiritual gift. You might find your sweet spot right in the midst of that question. But God wants to use you. There's not a soul in this room that knows Jesus Christ that he's not going, man, I gifted you now. Use it. Be a blessing. Serve other people. Let's continue on. Because now we get our condemning statement. He says this. As good stewards of God's varied grace. As good stewards, that word steward, it's a compound word, means house law, but it essentially means this, that you would manage, you're a manager of something. You're given charge of something and you are to manage it. Peter adds the phrase good, be a good manager, be a good steward, be a good keeper of what you've been entrusted with. 
So he says, look, steward your gift well. You guys remember back in second grade, teacher would put the rules on the wall. Some of you guys remember, some of you don't, but teacher put the rules on the wall. And there were two things. If you followed the rules, at least when I was growing up, you got a reward. Take something from the treasure box at the end of the week. So you'd walk out of there with a comb and you'd be all excited. Yay. If you disobeyed, you get your name on the board, followed by subsequent check marks if you were really bad. And that was like the worst. I got my name on the board today. Everyone saw it. Oh my gosh, I'm terrible. Here's where I'm gonna go with this, okay? Some of you are positive reinforcement people. Tell me what the reward is and I will follow rules all day long because I want to achieve my reward. Some of you are, what's the punishment? Let me figure out if I wanna be obedient based on how stiff the punishment is. <laughs> if it's not that bad, I can, I can get away with it, I'll be all right. So let me hit the negative side first. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10, you guys know this passage? Write it down. Uh, we will all kneel before the judgment seat of God and give an account for both the righteous and the wicked deeds that we have done here on earth. All of us, believers in Christ, non-believers, we will all kneel before the judgment seat of God and give an account for how we lived our life. My fear is that there will be some of us that know Jesus Christ, eternity secure, saved, heaven awaits you on the other side of this judgment seat. But in that moment, you will look and kneel before your father and he will look at you and say, did you steward the gift I gave you well? And as 1 John 2, 28 tells us, some of us might shrink back in shame in that moment. We might shrink back in shame in that moment because we didn't steward the gift he gave us well. There's accountability coming. God gave you a gift. He gave you a gift to be a blessing to those people sitting right around you. And he's asking you to steward it well. Are you stewarding God's gift well? Now let's get out of, that, out of that negative side for all the rest of us, okay? What's the positive here? The positive is this. God gave you a gift. That means you are empowered by God through the work of the Holy Spirit to use your gift to do incredible things that only he can take credit for. God has empowered you. The creator and sustainer of the universe that we got done singing about, we just got done worshiping, that's given us this book. He has empowered you uniquely to use your gift. But it causes you, you gotta step out in faith and try and use it to steward your gift well. Again, it's nothing that you can take credit for. Only God gets the glory. Let me give you this example. I sit every week right over here uh, up at Northridge and I watch Jamie get up here and I watch him preach the word of God and I just stand in awe. I sit in awe because standing would be awkward, but I sit in awe of what he's doing. He's expounding, he's expositing scripture in a way that just makes you think and he presents a problem and then he solves it through the word of God and he leaves us with great illustration. I just go, man, that guy is so talented. It's unbelievable. Then you got Rustin. Rustin gets up here and I mean, you could tell Rustin two minutes before he has to preach and he go, I got this. And he just walk up here and hey, ba, 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 ba. and he's so funny and winsome and everybody leaves and go, I wanna hang out with that guy. I'm sitting over here. Every single week, sitting over here next to Neil today, we're doing the offering song. And I'm trying, I got the mouth sweats. I'm trying not to dry heave all over the front row. <laughs> I'm scared to death. I'm just praying, let's do that chorus one more time. Just repeat it, repeat it. Come on, worship guys, you're good at repeating. Just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Because I'm scared to death. Like, this is not me. If I, if I had my choice, I'd be sitting right back up here in the back row, anonymous, come in, sit. 
say hi to a few people, love some people around me, and then I would leave. Like, that's who I want to be. I don't want to be this guy. And so it's, it's not like I go, man, I, 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 I want to do that. If, if God uses me at all, it's God using me. It's a gift of God. It's not me. Because this is not my personality. You can ask any pastor you know, the pastor you're closest with, give me a list of the top 20 pastors you'd want to hang out with on staff in order. I'd be right after 19. Okay? <laughs> I just don't have a win. I mean, people go, yeah, yeah, no. But whatever reason God calls me to this, God gives me the opportunity, I come up here and I begin to share truth of God's word and I just get excited. God uses me. But when I sit down over here, I will sit down, I will say the same prayer I've said a hundred times. God, say, God, thank you for using me. I pray that I did not get in the way of what your word wanted to say. Do not let me be the one that slows you down. Because see, that's utilizing a gift that God has implanted in you to bring glory to God, not to yourself. Difference. Difference between the two. What are you doing to be a blessing to those around you? Might be a good way of discovering your gift. Now, how do you know if you're stewarding your gift well? Well, we just looked at it. Verse 11, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. It's not about you. In fact, that's what Peter's trying to tell you. Hey, this gift that God's given you, that he's empowered you with, it's not about you. It's about God. It's about God using you so that he gets the glory. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that, here it is again, God provides, right? It's God using you so that, you get, that he gets the glory. That's why I say, you want to know the difference between a gift and a talent? It's when you do something outside of your nature, outside of your character. You do it and you go, man, that was awesome. And people were blessed by it. God just used you to impact his family. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm telling you this, John, John 10, right? God came that we might have life and have it to the full, abundant life. That's not just eternal life. That's life here and now. You want to live an incredibly abundant, fulfilled life? I'm telling you right now, there's, there's few things this side of heaven that will bring you greater joy than when you utilize the gift God's given you to be a blessing to somebody else. It will fill you up with so much. You just, you go, man, I got to do more of that. God's going, absolutely. Because you're using your gift. You're stewarding it well. So are we stewarding our gifts well? Are we being a blessing to those around us? Is God getting the glory? Here's what that means for most of us. It means God's gifted you in a way that's probably outside of your talent and ability. Because if it was up to you, if it, was, if it was based on your talent and ability, guess what? You would do it. You would do it really well. And then you would go, see what I did? You would take the credit. Typically what God does is goes, you're really talented over here. I'm going to give you this gift so that you have to step outside of your comfort zone and take that step of faith and go, okay, God, I'm gonna try and do this and I'm gonna rely upon you. Would you show up? Would you do what only you can do? And guess what happens? He shows up, spirit moves, and God gets all the glory. So here's what we're gonna do in just a second. I'm gonna have you guys start thinking about how you figure out what your gifting is. Whatever your gifting is, here's what I need you to do. If you want to, you can come join me and we can dry heave together up here beforehand. But whatever your gifting is, I want you to take that step sometime this week to step out of your comfort zone and say, God, I, I'm fearful, I'm afraid. This might not be what I'm really good at, but it's what you've gifted me with and I wanna use it to be a blessing to somebody else in this church or in this community or outside the walls of this church. That you would steward your gift well and that you would use it to be a blessing to others. 
I think that's what God's calling us to do. I think that's what he longs for his church to do. In fact, I would go as far as to say this. Remember last week, Jamie said, hey, invite your friends to church. Invite your friends to church. I'm telling you, I truly believe this. I know Rick's with me at Cacus. I, I truly believe this. You give us a church, you give God a church that's functioning and everybody utilizing their gift to be a blessing to others around them. When anybody from outside the church, from the lost world, anybody that's just searching for Jesus Christ shows up and they sit back and they watch the body of Christ function as the body of Christ, loving each other, using their gifts to serve one another, they will long for the gospel long before a chord is strummed or a page of scripture is read because they will be so in awe of what's taking place around them as they watch the body of Christ operate. Because that's what God's intended. God gifted you to be a blessing to others. That's why I have you look around the room. There's people in here that need your gift. Maybe you got the gift of encouragement. You know how many people are starving for encouragement? And you can walk up to them and, and, and it's awkward. I get it might be weird. Hey, I don't know you, but God just kind of put this on my heart. Can I just encourage you? And then you walk away, you go to breakfast or lunch and you forget all about it and that person takes that all week long and goes, man, you'll never believe what somebody said to me. It changed my life, changed my outlook on everything. God used you to impact them. Administration, helps, gifting, they're all over the place. Would you use your gift to be a blessing to others? I'll give you two stories and then we'll, we'll head off. Well, let me, let me get to this first. How do you know what your gifting is? My guess would be some of you are going, great, I got a gift. I don't know what it is. I opened it up, I looked at it. What is this, God? What am I supposed to do with this? Here's how you know what your gift is. Here's how you would figure it out. Four things. Three, really. Four if you absolutely have to, but we hope we won't get there, okay? The first one is this. Uh, pray. Pray. Spend some time asking God, God, how have you gifted me? How have you gifted me? In this season, in this time, during this period of time, like what is, how have you gifted me? And what does that look like? And begin to earnestly pray and ask God. Now, don't ask God like I do so often and say, God, I really hope I've got the gift of... Generosity sounds fun because that means I got a lot of stuff to give away. So can I have that one? I mean, I'll trust you with whatever you give me, but I really... No, just pray and ask God. God, show me. Would you reveal to me how you've uniquely gifted me? Here's the second thing I want you to do. I want you to ask some people that know you really well. Ask them. How do you think I'm gifted? How do you see the joy of Christ come out of me? You might be blown away at their answer. And my encouragement to you would be, would be to listen. Listen well. Some of you might go, I've been teaching a Bible study for years. I think I got the gift of teaching. And you ask your Bible study, what do you think my gift is? And it might not be teaching. Doesn't mean you're a bad teacher. Doesn't mean you're a bad teacher. They may go, man, we love listening to you teach, but we watch you come alive when you greet people at the door. You are just such an encourager of the gift of hospitality. That's where you're gifted. I'll give you an example, somebody here at church. Uh, incredible leader, incredible leader. Maybe the greatest leader I've ever seen inside the walls of a church. Visionary, director, I mean, he, he leads well. Incredibly talented, talented leader. I think he's got the gift of helps, of serving because I've watched him lead and I watch him and I go, man, we will follow this man off a cliff. Where are you taking us? We're in. But then I watch him wipe down bathroom counters during our busy season. I watch him pick up trash as he walks from the office to the cafe. I've seen him take out bags of trash and walk it all the way out to the dumpster and he does it with such joy. Not because he has to, nobody's looking around. 
I'm the creepy guy from the window, like, hey, what's he doing? Oh, he's picking up trash, right? But he does it, why? Because it brings him joy. That's utilizing his gift, incredibly talented leader, gifted when it comes to serving and helping. Ask some people, what do you think I'm gifted at? Listen to what they say. You may be surprised, you may be shocked at what they have to say. Now, here's the third thing. Third thing I would say is get out there and try. Get out there and try. As God reveals to you and as people share with you, would you just go try it? Just, just try it. Some of us, are, I feel like, are, are waiting for the clouds to part and God to look down and go, encouragement, go do it. If you've heard it from the Lord internally through the Holy Spirit, if you've heard it from other people, go out and try it. See what happens. See if it doesn't fill you with the joy that I believe it will, that you leave and you just go, man, that was awesome. Try some stuff. Try some things. I'll tell you what, you want to know the safest place to try it? Try it in here, the confines of the church. No safer place, no place that we should be more loved and welcomed and accepted. Here's the beauty of gifts, too. With the exception of, of exhortation, that one can be tricky. All the other gifts are super positive, super encouraging. Hey, can I serve you? No, I'm good. You offended me. No, I want to help. <laughs> hey, can I encourage you? How dare you? No, they're positive things. Joe, try some stuff. See what happens. See what God does. Here's the last thing, and this is absolute last. If God doesn't reveal it to you, and your friends can't tell you what it is, and after you've tried every one of them, if you still can't figure it out, uh, you can go to scottsdalebible.com, click on the serve page, and there's a spiritual gifts test. If that's too hard for you, write this website down, G-O-O-G-L-E.com. Insert spiritual gifts test in the Google search bar, and it will give you a million to look at, and you can go through and you can take every one you want ask you a series of 20 to 100 questions at the end that'll spit out, here, your gifts might be this. I'm not a big believer in them, but they're a tool, okay? But they are written by sinful, broken human men just like me. They are not the work of the Holy Spirit. So don't put all your stock in. Well, my spiritual gift says, said this, and I've been teaching forever and no one seems to be responding, but that's what the gifts test told me. Well, maybe it was wrong. Maybe you jaded it. Pray, ask, try. And then take a test if you have to. Let me close with this, this story of how a gift impacted our life. Uh, last Christmas, so what would that be? It's 120 now, so that was about eight months ago. Uh, we gave my son a, a refurbished Nintendo Wii. Okay, for all of you who don't know what that is, it's a video gaming system where you're basically the controller. And you, you play sports and games, and, and he's six. He loved it. So he's playing, he's playing, he's playing, and he, he loved this thing, and about six, seven months go by, and it had kind of worn out its welcome, and it was, it was over it, but uh, there was a particular night where these stars aligned. God's sovereignty just heaped down his blessing upon the Yule house, and everyone in the Yule house was home at the same time, before midnight, which never happens, ever. My 18-year-old was home, my 16, 14, 13, six-year-old, three-year-old was still awake. I mean, we're all there. We were doing it. And my six-year-old's upstairs and he's playing in the loft. He's playing this Mario game. Some stupid collecting coins. You run around, you jump, you're a plumber. I don't know, it's weird. Uh, but as he's playing, my 18-year-old comes up. He says, hey, can I play with you? 
what is going on right now? 18-year-old wants to play with the six-year-old? This is, thank you, Jesus, it's happening. Uh, my 16-year-old comes up. She plops down. She wants to watch. My 14-year-old, my, my son comes out and goes, hey, I want to play with you too. So my 18-year-old and my 14-year-old are playing this video game. My wife and I come out. We're watching. Out comes my 13-year-old. And we all pick sides. And we're cheering for each other. And we're laughing. And there's just a brief moment. Some of you parents know how brief these moments are. But there is a brief moment where everyone's laughing and celebrating. My three-year-old's running around. She's jumping up and pretending she's one of the players and collecting coins. And my six-year-old's cheering for his brother. And my 16-year-old's cheering for his sister. And I peel back as a father and I just look and I go, wow, look at this, it's happening. They love each other. We did it. Woohoo! For a brief moment. Now my son ends up losing to my 18-year-old daughter, and so then the trash talk ensues, and the moment was fleeting, okay? It didn't last long. But for a moment, it was beautiful. This dumb little gift that we'd given my son nine months before, six months before, all of a sudden brought our family together in a powerful way. It united us. It did something unique, something special that my wife and I won't forget. We won't forget that night. Here's why I share that with you. God's gifted you. He's empowered you. The God of the universe has empowered you. He wants to use your gift to be a blessing to those people sitting right around you. He might want to use your gift to unite this church, your small group, the people sitting around you, your community in a way that only he can. And he's going to use you to do it. And you're going to step out in faith and you're going to try something that's not in your wheelhouse, but you're going to say, God, I'm going to trust you because you've gifted me with this. God's going to show up. And you're going to step back and you're going to give God all the glory because God used you to further his kingdom. That's how this works. But we're given a charge. God's done his part. He's gifted you. Charge is this. Steward that gift well. Steward that gift well. So here's my challenge. My closing challenge for you. I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll step out of here. Wherever you're at. Cactus Northridge Chapel venue here. If you know what your gift is, if you would sit there and you go, you know what, Kevin, I know what my gift is. Would you look around this room? Would you look for an opportunity to use it to be a blessing to somebody before you leave today? I know you got brunch on your mind. Carolina's is calling you up at Cactus Campus. I get it, but just spend some time with the body of Christ, being a blessing to the body of Christ and utilizing your gift to maybe bless somebody else because you never know how God's gonna use you to impact them. And you know the beauty of it? God's gonna use them to impact you. And it's a beautiful thing how this goes back and forth. It's almost like God designed it that way. He's awesome. But there's no greater joy than living out your gifting with the Father. Would you trust him? Would you step out in faith? Would you try some things? Let me pray for us. God, you know my prayer has been, it will continue to be, that you would encourage us, that you would motivate us. God, for those of us that need to be challenged, God, that you would... Challenge us to step out in faith, to trust you and that you are a good, good father, that you have given us an incredible gift, a gift to be a blessing to those around us. God, I pray that we would steward it well. I pray in those moments that we get anxious, that we are afraid, God, that you would step in, that you would be and, and fulfill your promise and who you are as a good father. God, as we step out in faith, that you would show up, that you would do what only you can do so that only you can get the glory. So God, we ask these things of you. We love you. We thank you in advance for what you're gonna do. Unite SBC together. 
to the utilizing of your gifts. We love you, we thank you, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.